podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey gang, quick question for you. Have you started playing daily fantasy yet? And if not, why not? Because if like me, you're already given up on the fantasy team that you drafted at the start of the season because it's doing so badly, then check out our brand new daily fantasy listener league, courtesy of DraftKings, because it could be the game for you. It's all very simple. You pick a brand new team every week based uh, on a salary cap. You enter that team into one or more of our show contests and you try and win all kinds of prizes. We've got merchandise, tickets and good old fashioned cash to give away. And more importantly than all of that, you can embarrass me, Propo, the Guru Sandrini and lots more of your show faves by showing us that you know a lot more than we do. So click the link in our show notes or hit us up on social media for a link and that way you can join the show league. It's free to enter and as well as the pay to play contest, there are going to be free to enter competitions all through the season. You have to be 18 plus, of course. And remember, be gamble aware.org. Hey, I am Mike. Good news. Good news. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I'm glad you dressed up for it as well. I appreciate well, it. Well, I did. Here's my costume. What is it? So you come I'm, going, I'm going as DJ Moore. <laughs> oh, DJ. You know what? I think I might have cursed DJ Moore because I, I picked him much to the derision of the Guru Sandrini and Propo in my Daily Fantasy team a couple of weeks ago. And ever since then, it's been down, downhill from there. But... I mean... I... I've, I picked so far this week, I only have two games that I picked wrong straight up. Mm. And one of them um, was um, was not Carolina-Atlanta. I was I took Carolina with the points. But in the end, I picked Atlanta. Um, and I was sitting there rooting for Carolina. <laughs> I normally root for the team that I've picked to win. Yeah, not in this and, case. And, you know, and, the way, and, and to lose the game that way was, was just insane, you know? One of the craziest finishes. I mean, we uh, we had Atlanta in our edge rush hacker this week, and Sapropo and I were messaging each other post uh, post the Wembley game uh, as the the latest slate of games, uh, which is really the early slate of games, I guess, because obviously the London game was in its own little mini breakfast slate. Uh, we were back and forth on this. It looked like it was locked in. Then what the hell just happened? Then Eddie Pinera missed the extra point. Then it went to overtime. It was just one of the most. It, actually, when I think about games this season, it is a perfectly apt back and forth exchange for, for what we've seen this season. Yeah, it was a great game to watch, um, I, I got to say. And, and you know, and then Pinheiro misses a 33-yard field goal that would have yes. won the game. So, yeah. you know, Luke, this no, is no, like what? Wesleyan, Wesleyan beat Amherst 12-7 in overtime <laughs> in a game where they had 400 yards of total offense and got their only touchdown on a blocked punt. <laughs> but their kicker missed two field goals, including one that would have won the game in regulation. And then in overtime, missed the extra point, which gave Amherst oh. a chance to tie if they had scored. So, I mean, kickers, kickers are tough. You got, you got, you got to watch well, out. But I mean, um, we're recording this Monday morning. It's yeah. quite possible by the time you guys are listening to this that Eddie Pinero isn't on the team anymore. I would, I would imagine so. I mean, mm. you, you, you hate for these kind of knee-jerk reaction kind of things, mm. but. Um, he hasn't been convincing for them, you know, and um, he looks so nervous. You know, we always with with the kids do this watching. And this is a very West Ham or England thing, uh, you know, particularly England with, with penalties. But with West Ham as well, when we're in a penalty shootout or similar and looking at the face 
and the the <laughs> approach, the walk up to the penalty spot, we can call that they're, they're, they're missing this. And Pinero looked the same when he went up for the field goal. He's missing this. There's no way. He just looks- <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> I liked the I liked the guy who was it Vilma? I mean Vilma, Vilma. was on fire. Vilma <laughs> was on fire this week. You know, was it? Um no, it wasn't Vilma because it was he was on the other game, but they were talking about Young Ho Ku. Yeah. And he's got ice water in his veins. You know, he had his hat on backwards during practice that on can't Friday. Be legal. <laughs> I said, "Oh, yeah, okay. That means he's going to make the kick, I suppose." But you know, and then they ice the kicker. How do you ice a kicker who's got ice water in his veins? Well, maybe it's a two negatives make a positive. Maybe that's that's what I think. <laughs> maybe I'll work it out. That's right. true of Tyler Lockett. Hmm. I t- again, Tyler, somebody I've jinxed with uh, my fantasy pick. Hey, let's, uh, the good news, I actually asked you at the beginning, or told you that we've got good news. We've got a, a bumper mailbag, Mike, is what I was going to actually say. So we've got a lot of questions in and we'll do our best to weave them in. I see you. I see you're burning them. You're burning it in the um, barbecue behind you on the door <laughs> of the garden. That's, what's going That's on. what that smoke is. That's what it is. We are going to try and weave in as many of them as we can and, uh, and, and you know, see how long it takes for the ribs to be uh, to be perfect, and <laughs> we'll have some lunch. Uh, let's start with let's start with Rams Niners. Let's start there uh, because I guess we got a taste of more than a taste of how McCaffrey is going to work in in Shanahan's world. So- yeah, it's you know, on on my Patreon column, which I'll plug early nice plug. early on, nice um, patreon.com forward slash Mike Carlson, FMTE. You remember um, I wrote about it, you know, in, in some detail because in, in one sense, the analytics guys are right that the value, you know, it it's a running back, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. in the other sense, he's such a perfect fit for what the Niners want to do. Um and especially when Debo's not playing, it becomes right. even more apparent, you know, and and so they did. They used him in ways that I suggested they probably would use him, you know, as a receiver, lined up as a receiver. <laughs> Quarterback, I didn't get to triple threat, but I did write last week about teams that are using basically for single wing offenses. Right. So including and, and McCaffrey now could operate the single wing. So <laughs> he had he had two touchdown runs, a touchdown reception and a touchdown. Um, no, one touchdown run. But he yes. had one of each. Right. One of each. And a touchdown yeah. pass. The trifecta. Um, so, yeah. I, and I think you, you saw what he can be do when used creatively and conversely. It still is a good value trade for Carolina because mm-hmm. even without Chuba, um, who was hurt, they ran very well between the tackles. Mm. Devontae Freeman, um, you know, ha- had a great day. Yeah. And that's the way they want to play. And McCaffrey was not a great fit for that. He always looked like a fish out of water. Mm-hmm. Especially when you consider he's, he's injury yeah. prone, yeah, right? They're running him into the line. They would they would run lots of screens for him outside and stuff. Mm. But but now when he's getting the ball in motion, looking for space, and he can run up the middle, mm-hmm. but but he's he's running up the middle in a system that's moving the lineman one way or the other, so he can look he can look for the for those gaps. Um, so I, I think it's a win win for the for the mm. two teams, you know, and um, and obviously if the Niners go on, you know, into the playoffs and if their defense is healthy, I don't see why they should. You know, I don't see why they shouldn't even p- potentially be the favorite or second favorite to the Eagles in, in the NFC. Yeah. I mean, is this offensively, especially when Debo's back, uh, looking at what we saw yesterday, is it the most dangerous offense in the NFC? When Debo's in there, um, I'm not sure. I mean, Philadelphia's offense is becoming pretty dangerous. Um, And 
I mean, the others, the Packers, the Bucks, the Rams are all misfiring. Mm-hmm. Um, Minnesota's not. Arizona's not. Um, Dallas is potentially, but I don't think they're explosive in, in that sense. So, yeah, that's that's probably right. Yeah, um, it's not so much a big play explosion as a chunk play. I'm, mm. And I'm, I'm kind of it's a fine line, but they tend to get a lot of kind of 10 yard runs, 12 yard runs mm. um, and then and then key passes. But it needs Debo to be there because when Debo's there and McCaffrey's there, they're going to be really stretching defenses um, yeah. with the potential there. The weird thing about that game, too, was. I don't keep I haven't been keeping close track, but a few weeks ago there was a game where the time of possession was 3001 to 2959. <laughs> and this one, this one was 3004 to 2956. And I used it as my kind of, you know, time of possession doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> although although the game was close and until it was pretty, the yeah, until the fourth quarter. Why does McVeigh struggle so much with the 49ers? Ah, that's I think. I think because they they under they understand what the Rams are doing because they're doing similar stuff themselves. McBay, you know, Shanahan. It's not a huge difference, but their defense is very strong and mobile at each level. Um, when they're fully healthy, those linemen are all they're all kind of Calais Campbell types, not quite mm. so big, but they they're all they're all relatively mobile, big guys who can who can use their arms to hold you off before they make plays. So they go with very mobile linebackers and they have ideally they 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 did with with Ward and Tart, and I think they do with Ward and, and um, what's his name, the rookie this year interchangeable safety so so mm. it's very hard for you to scheme against the two safeties because they can both come up and play in the box and they both can cover passes they got rid of Jaquiski Tart not really because he dropped the Stafford interception that would have probably clinched their spot in the Super Bowl but because he doesn't intercept the ball mm. you know he's just it's just not part of his game he doesn't mm. catch the ball track well um but they they wanted they want that ward and ward and the other guy to be interchangeable. So yeah, I, I think that's the that's the big thing. And yeah, it also doesn't help the Rams in the sense that they go you know San Francisco goes into LA and you hear the the Niners fans more than you hear the Rams right. fans. Yeah, 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 sure. I mean, it's I can't remember who was making the point last week, but somebody was saying that you look at LA now, always been a difficult football market, I guess, with everything going on and all the attempt in the rise of of uh, of soccer in the states as well as is a big problem. There are just so many different vying eyeballs, right? And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it always has had been a college football town for the most part. And the Rams, in their first iteration, kind of broke in. In fact, the LA, um, what were they called? The LA team in the um, All-American Football Conference mm. actually drew better than the Rams did in the late 40s. But when the leagues merged or didn't merge, if you ask the NFL, but when they took in three of the teams, they didn't take in the the Los Angeles team. Mm. And that saved the Rams basically because Mm -hmm. um, they shared the Coliseum at that point, but, but the um, Bulldogs were they um, did, did better um, at the gate than, than the Rams did. So, but the, you know, in the sixties, the Rams had quite a good following. Mm. Um, Obviously the Raiders in the eighties did with the whole pop culture crossover. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I don't think it's a two football NFL team town. I think that's part of it. And and of course in LA, there's always something else to go see. 
it, yeah, right, it, right. You know, like the beach, and you know, it, it's so it's always been that that kind of way. Kind of true, and a lot of people in LA are not from LA, right? As well, that's uh, that's another yeah. point. Uh, let's dive to the mailbag for the first time. Uh, hey, Jez, Jez Goddard, uh, appreciate your tweet at the NC show. He's hit us up on Twitter, but we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok now. How about them apples? I'm Mike. Uh, Jez asks. <laughs> Other Rams, you're all 20th century. Oh, hey, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Are the Rams done after the big loss to the 49ers? Are they done? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I wasn't that high on the Rams this year. Um, I think I, I think I was saying they, the 49ers probably could pass them. Um, but the the quarterback uncertainty was a problem, you know. I thought the Rams hit everything just right last year and yeah. and Stafford wasn't likely to repeat that um this season. The running game is awful. The offensive line's a mess. Ooh, um, let me just come come back. Is Stafford not able to repeat it because of the offensive line or other factors? Well, partly, but partly because everything went when I say everything went right, everything went right. You know, they they should have lost that game to San Francisco sure. and and the dropped interception, you know, everyone forgets about, you know, and, mm. and what he does, he does well, but he's always been quite high in the turnover department. Um you know, which Not comes, in Ricky Williams sense, but in which comes, yeah, <laughs> which comes from playing on bad teams to to an extent, you know, yeah. um, because you're for you're you're often forcing things, trying to make them happen. Um the Whitworth retirement they had they never really Notaboom hasn't been as good as I thought he might be. I thought the line's they, been terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So the line is line has been a problem. Uh they still need another receiver, mm. you know, even when the two they need three receivers yeah, um, to yeah. make that offense work, really. And um, you know, and Cup walked off limping. I'm sure he's gonna play. Um, but I, I think after the game, um McVeigh was saying he kicked himself for leaving him in when the game was over. Yeah, you know? yeah. And he should he should sign Eddie Pinheiro to kick him. For... <laughs> <laughs> well, they're three um, and four now. The Rams in that West, which of course, yeah, we'll and, about the and you know, and Seattle's bit. now a tough out. I don't right. think Seattle's kind of as good as the record says they are, but they'll be. They're good. They played really good defense against the Giants, which mm. is not like playing good defense against the Rams, but mm. but they took away you know much of what the Giants wanted to do. Oh uh, yeah, um, I, w- I want to come to that game in a minute. I just want to just one more on this with with Stafford and and I really hate watching Arizona. I well, okay, we'll, we'll come to them in a minute. <laughs> but with with Stafford and bringing this back to your your point about the uh, initial uncertainty at the quarterback situation for the 49ers, which of course was uh, was uh, firmed up with the injury to Trey Lance. Where are you if you had to make Mike the GM had to make the choice between Garoppolo or Stafford based on how they're playing this season? Where would you go? And I asked that particularly because no, I, I I understand why the Niners won't have to make that choice because well they might I mean but it's very unlikely Jimmy G returns to the Niners. Um, I'm not sure I'm not sure McVeigh would take would take Jimmy Garoppolo as a replacement for Stafford. What would be um, the quarterback if he could choose a quarterback a prototypical quarterback? If you look at Mahomes, the perfect fit for Andy Reid. What's the perfect fit? Make either an actual NFL quarterback right now or. Or you could sketch one out that that McVeigh, if he could, if he could choose, would go for. It. If if he were if he were going to take a risk, and I'm this is not perfect, but of of the guys around, Cousins might be a good mm. a good project for him because mm-hmm. he can play play action and he can play drop back. Mm-hmm. They want a lot of play action, but 
they were realizing that when they had to drop back it, that um, that golf was, was a liability, which is why they got Stafford who, who, who can do both. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but you need, you need to protect, protect him um, a a bit. And I'm trying to think of another, of another guy who would, would fit that kind of um, that kind of profile who's, who's doing well at the moment. I can't think of one who, right now who who is available or would be available um it's interesting to see what because garoppolo's got the same problem you don't want garoppolo to be your drop back quarterback mm. under pressure um he he's inconsistent i wouldn't say he's bad but he's inconsistent yeah, he made some plays way. when he stepped up in the pocket he made he had some other bad plays where he stepped into pressure mm. um you know so it, so it's kind of a it's kind of a grab bag he's fine on the on the um play action on the play action stuff, which in with San Francisco is probably enough to get them. Yeah. The key for them, as with many teams is, is, you know, you don't want to be playing from behind mm-hmm. and their defense will keep them in, in most games. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's get to, cause we've got a ton of games to get through. Let's go to Seattle uh, and New York next. You, you mentioned how well the, the Seattle defense played the giants had they held Saquon to 53 yards on 20 carries. One of the things just at surface level, as I was watching, I watched quite a lot of that game because I had that on, along with red zone on the other screen. Right. Just a caliber of tackling with Seattle's defense. They tackle really That's, well. They, they look a lot like the old Seattle. Right. Um, plus they were getting pass rush slightly disguised from the, but from the Leo and with blitzing. Um, I, I thought they did a real, a really good job at that. And, and of course I, I talked about woolen um, mm-hmm. way, way early. I mean, you know, um, and he's just, a, nat- a natural for that team, you know, yeah. he, uh, prototypical Pete Carroll, big, long armed corner. Yeah. Um, they weren't even they weren't even committing a lot of egregious pass interference or that kind of stuff, which has always been one of the trademarks of Pete Carroll's teams mm-hmm. um, when they're um, when they're playing well. And they weren't playing too many late hits. They had a couple of big hits. But that that was a funny game because it could have been out of, you know, Lockett fumbles on the three yard line mm-hmm. and therefore the giants get a touchdown Lockett drops a touchdown pass and therefore they don't. So that's 14 points right there yeah. in the game. So they got it back when, the, when Richie James fumbled twice, you know, mm. and that it's Richie James, such a, you know, he's had a number of trial with teams as a receiver, as well as a, you know, and he was a multi-threat guy in college. Mo- usually when punt returners, give up to like that they've muffed the punts mm. but but james's were both fumbles on the return you know clear clear cut clear cut fumbles while mm-hmm. he's running and that's been his problem he doesn't he doesn't he's not able to really protect the ball well when he runs but he's got great speed and, mm. and, and a lot of quickness um I, I they're probably crying for him to be cut i was gonna um, say he's heading the way of eddie panero I think. as well <laughs> they could talk about the the vibe in seattle and and it's i guess it's an easy thing to key in on because of just how effervescent a character Pete Carroll is. And we've talked about it a lot over the years. He's just such a high energy and great to watch and seems to infuse his players and it's, his mannerisms, he's chewing and pacing up and down. But the, a number of different people, beat reporters who are covering the team are saying the atmosphere, the vibe with this incarnation, this iteration of, of Seattle is they're enjoying their football. They have a, a, a buzz about. I remember at the start of the season, there was an article that came out that Carol, do you see this? That Carol had told his players preseason 
we can win the Super Bowl. And it was, you know, everybody laughed them out of town. What a ridiculous thing to say. Pete Carroll <laughs> finally lost it. And now we're looking at, okay, maybe that's still a step too far, but we're looking at a team that's definitely, definitely in there. I'd love to be on a team where the coach says something like that and everybody in the locker room starts laughing. Well, it'd be, it'd, like, it'd be <laughs> totally. <laughs> Like being told off in school, and you're all just trying to suppress the giggles, and it's you can't. I had this teacher once that made us yeah. sit for about half an hour, and we were all. I mean, you know, credit in a sense to them that they they um they've stuck with Pete, you know, and Pete's stuck pretty much with his stuff, even though yeah. you know it hasn't worked. To me, the big change the big change here is it's not so much Pete Carroll, um, although you know they draft they drafted pretty well. They let people go. Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner, yeah. two great, I mean, great players for the franchise. And Bobby Wagner is a great all-time player, Yeah, um, I think, anyway. Um, but I think that sent a message, and they've replaced them pretty well. Um, to me, the, the thing that, that struck me the most was they're playing – a Shane Waldron, i.e. Rams offense finally. And Gino mm. lets them do that. So maybe Gino is the answer if you're looking for the guy to replace Matt Stafford um, in L.A. <laughs> nice. You know, he didn't have a great game. Obviously, the game was won in other areas, yeah. per se. But but he did what he has to do. Mm -hmm. Football on target. You know, that, that the past locket dropped was perfect pass. Mm -hmm. um, he had a couple of others. And they had a play to Noah Fant where Fant went up the sidelines on a, on a long drive, which was a pure LA Rams kind of tight end play mm -hmm. you know, 49ers even as well. Um, and, and you see that that offense can function like that. And I think that's really down to Gino, you mm -hmm. know, and some, I saw the thing up. Um, he's the first quarterback in almost in more than 20 years to beat two of his former teams in back-to-back -back weeks. <laughs> nice. And I so I messaged the guys who put it up. I said, "Who's the other one? Gus Farrat." You know, I, I was really racking my brain to try to God, think of who, who, who was who it? that might be. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Did they did they come back to you? No, I haven't had a reply yet. Gus that was in a good shot. It's, it's that a was good in America. Yeah. Uh, all right, I want to go to Packers Bills next. Four straight losses for the Packers, but I guess class half full. Signs of promise in terms of the the change up offensively, leaning more on the run, which is what we've been crying out for them to do. For, for weeks and weeks and they finally seem to to take the medicine and and it, and it worked in, to a large but in a tough spot for them yeah and the problem the problem there being that buff playing buffalo is kind of like playing kansas city you've got it you can't trade touch uh, field goals for touchdowns mm -hmm. um and, and they still couldn't get that get that to work um i like i like the way they were scheming dylan and jones you know uh, between running and passing. And, and they seem to do a good job run blocking for most of what I saw. Uh, but the Bills are, are really tough to beat. And, and they took that defense apart is the best word. I mean, you know, not that they rolled over them or destroyed them, but they picked it apart, you know, mm. in, in just the right ways. And um, why can't they get their ground game going, the Bills? Well, they got it going pretty well in this. So the, 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 the thing is that the ground game depends a lot on Josh Allen. Yeah. Okay. Um, Allen aside. I mean, the, and, you know, and that's what makes them so hard to defend mm. is, is that I, this is what I wrote about in my single wing kind of thing. The numbers game, you know, you're, you're playing 10 on 11 when the quarterback hands off the ball or actually you're playing nine, nine on 11. 
you're playing 10 on 11 when the quarterback runs the ball. Sure. He's got an extra block, extra blockers available there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what makes it so hard to defend. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're almost always leaving something open. I thought Singletary looked pretty good. Actually, to be fair, he was, yeah, 4.8 4. eclipse. So maybe I've overstated yeah, that a bit. But. I mean, they, they probably um, would like a, 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 change, a change of pace guy. Uh, who they could depend on there. Yeah. They, that's what they drafted Zach Moss for, but he hasn't, he's been injured a lot and he hasn't really delivered on that. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see them go that way, but, but uh, Buffalo makes it tough for a team like Green Bay without great receivers. Cause you know, this is, this is kind of like the lesson of, of, uh, of the game in London when you don't have great receivers, um, they're mostly a zone team, but they can play a lot of man-to-man if on them if they if if they want, not leave opportunities for them to, you know, at least some of the guys started catching the ball. You know, Rogers started targeting them, Toure and Rogers, you know, and and dubs. Dubs, dubs had we go dubs, dubs, we've had a good various versions of that. But yeah, they did what's in the and I I thought my favorite play of the week was probably Isaiah. McKenzie's McKenzie. touchdown with the shake and bake. I mean, it was the best. It was the best one I've seen in years. You, know? <laughs> you love a shake and bake. Uh, I'm going to get to Twitter again at Kurt Milner. Hey, Kurt, with Green Bay and the Bucks losing, could this be Brady and Rogers' last season? So a lot of people asking about this, of course, and uh, losing losing records so far. I think specifically here, uh, Rogers. There's no chance he walks away from this after this dysfunctional year. Surely he's it's going to motivate him to come back. Maybe not necessarily. I would I would have thought so. I mean, I I would have said Brady's gone for sure. But now that Giselle's now that they're divorced, he doesn't. Yeah. he can play if he wants to. Do you still think he's so, playing well, Brady? Mike, not particularly. No. Um, I, and I understand he doesn't quite have, have the targets. He's throwing the ball well enough, but I, but I think he's just, there's that you, at some point you, you hit a boundary wall, you know, and and I think he's not reacting quickly enough to what, to what's happening or, or, you know, or if he's reacting, he's reacting the wrong way, maybe because he doesn't trust some of his options. Mm. Um, and Rogers is hard to figure out. Because I can't believe that their whole game plan involved so much check down. Um, but again, it could be you're reacting to what you've got available to catch the ball. Mm. Um, there are receivers out there for the trade deadline yeah. if either team want, wants to, um, you know, and with what's his name, Moore um, asking for a trade or release from the Jets. Um, Mims was already on the market, but I yeah. think they could afford to lose more. More will get them more in compensate compensation, and mm. they can play Wilson in the slot, not Zach Wilson. Um, <laughs> well, maybe they should play him in the slot. Yeah, right? and um, and that and Mims can play on the outside, where he's better than than in, than in the slot. So that yeah. one would make sense to me to to go to either team because you know mm. I think they could both use an over the middle type receiver. Yeah. I, I guess the receiver market uh, and the trade deadline got a little bit murky with Denver's win in London, because although there were some conflicting reports that Jerry Judy wasn't going to be dealt, whatever happened, the fact that Denver got the win and will still feel they're, they're alive and kicking means it's less likely if they were considering moving Judy on that they will. Right. Yeah. Um, it would almost be an admission of failure in, mm. in a sense. And, and, I'm not sure Judy's Judy per se is the problem, but you know, his value may still be high enough to get something for him. Yeah. Um, Cause I don't Trump think, the other I don't well, think Mike. they're still in the race to be honest. You, know, you didn't see enough from them to think. No, I, I mean, ja- Jacksonville almost handed them that game. That was one yeah. of the two I picked wrong. I thought the Jags would win it. Trevor Lawrence 
is really frustrating at the moment because yeah. you you see you see how good he can be and he still makes a lot of bad decisions mm. uh, which you thought this was what was going to be coached out of him you know he, it was kind of like let him he was going to be free to play and 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 make good decisions and and but we, um, don't we have to be patient there though given how dysfunctional last year was that he's still what, we're only 8 weeks into the season the- oh yeah yeah but you know a guy with that talent started the whole first year Mm. you'd almost want to be seeing more yeah at at this point yeah um then they're kind of odd miscues you know they're not and um but on the other hand i mean you know if russell there was a great (laughs) mike tenier did a great column if you guys you know know mike mike tenier go to football outsiders but he 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 did a halloween movie for every team Mm. and (laughs) <laughs> yeah what did he do for denver and, and uh, russell wilson was you know um do you remember the twilight zone episode to serve man no specific aliens come to earth and they mm. make everything so much better and, and they they have a book you know and they say the title means to serve man you mm. know and, and and they start taking people off to their planet to show them how great it is and just as the first rocket ship is leaving, a guy runs out and says, we've translated the, the book. It's a cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, so this is what Russell's doing. He's cooking. He's cooking his own team. But did you um, see, so we, we were watching, obviously, covering the game for TalkSport. And there was one moment towards the end. I was quite surprised that, well, I would have been, would have represented a gamble. That's something we've talked about a lot this season about. Uh coaches going for it unnecessarily, but I was quite surprised after the touchdown, Peterson didn't go for two. Um, it would have forced him to get the score to get the touchdown. And of course, it, as it turned out when they did, it would have made it a field goal that they needed to hit. Right. To tie, to tie the game. But I, you know, I, I started to think that we're starting to get a little bit of internet, uh, internet analytics bounce back after so many kind of bad or unnecessary decisions have been made about not taking the points right. that were available right. um, because it's the cool thing to do is to go for it on, on uh fourth down. But I think I agree with you in that, in that situation, it might, it, it could well have been worth it. Doing a variable as well. My, my best bit of my favorite bit of football analysis this week was, was um, Scott Hansen. Mm-hmm. Very quick to recognize that Travis Kelsey was sitting in the stands in Philadelphia wearing a Louis Vuitton <laughs> hat, and you know the hat was one of one of those dad hats that you wear when you're fishing. Yeah, you know the, yeah, the so kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. which I I wear all the time. Just not Louis Vuitton. <laughs> and and you know, and I'm thinking like, a, how does he know it's a Louis Vuitton? B, who would buy a designer? <laughs> Dad, Travis Kelsey, apparently. <laughs> yeah, obviously. It. You know, then he then he threw it away and put on his Batman mask on the uh, sidelines, which was better, quite cool. But much yeah. better. It's like I remember the time I was walking down Bond Street and I heard this American teenager yeah. say, Look, mom, chain L. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite lines of all time. Hey, I've got a couple channel. of channel. I thought it was channel. It was like channel five, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, I think that Philly game threw up a couple of questions too. Oh, it did. Have you know what? So did the Denver uh Jacks game. So I'm gonna ask those okay. first. Uh, Rich Stone, how did Denver give up around 43,000 yards in penalties and still win? I mean, they, it was, uh, <laughs> well, they that's gave Jacksonville, up. That's Jacksonville helping them out. Uh, well, that definitely, what was it? Was it 10 half, in the first 10 in the first half? half and no other yeah. team had given up uh, more than eight yeah. this season in the first half. I mean, penalties are crazy. I don't, and don't, I, I'll just say penalties this year are crazy. Mm. Um, 
I, I don't want to go into a rant, but no, no, you know, know what, there were a couple of games where, <laughs> where the rant. left tackle was always in motion before the snap. He was mm-hmm. always stepping back before the snap. Sounds like um, a rant. There, there, was like a rant. A, a, there was one left tackle who spent the whole game with his arms around the defensive end's neck. All right, you'll have one more, and then we're going to move on. Yeah, <laughs> and there was grumble. in the Miami game, yeah. there was the um, – Oh, what what's his name? Um, it was it was Jeff Reynolds, but uh, who was the guy who who basically ran up behind him? And now oh, Kadar mm. Kadar um, Kohu, whose name sounds like a guy from a science fiction movie arrived from another planet. Yeah. this is Kadar <laughs> Kohu. He was carrying um, the book, presumably. but yeah, he ran up his back, basically knocked him over, and there was no flag. Um, okay, and you had like three. It, you were allowed three. That's it. We're going to yeah, move on. Not, not, Mr. not like it was, uh, you know, a crucial moment or anything like that. Mr. Robot has got a touch. Yeah. Uh, I also, I also don't understand okay. what the actual rule is. I was trying to look it up, and I couldn't. You were allowed find three, what, Mike. Go and on, this on, is the fourth. On, right. on putting the ball in to restart. Mm. Because once I thought once you put it down and stepped away, the clock starts. Ready to, and and late in the game with the 49ers, you, you saw the referee and the umpire both standing over the ball, not letting them put it into play, even mm. though they had put it down. Mm-hmm. And I know there's like a interpretation, double secret probation thing about letting the other team get ready or something like that. But A, there shouldn't be. And B, I was going through the rule book trying to find it and I couldn't find it. Okay. Uh, I gave you four. Mr. Robot, uh, other question on the Jags Broncos game, talking about poorly offensively coached football. He says, why take the ball away from Etienne, who had a brilliant game, of course, uh, Travis Etienne at 6.2 a carry. Why take it away from him on key drives to put it in the hands of an inconsistent quarterback? 18 for 31. It's a good good point. Um, Partly because, I mean, partly you do it because you need to change things around. And, but but what you know what what you're trying to do is is you get a defense to to account for one person and then you try or one or one mode and then you try to take advantage of them in another and that's mm-hmm. kind of like the theory behind it but but you know look at Tennessee mm-hmm. I mean Etienne's yeah. not Derrick Henry but they just rode Derrick Henry to mm-hmm. to a win you know and um, let's talk about that game and then Malik Willis and Sam Erlinger. Respond. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Malik Willis, six for 10 passing for 55 yards yeah. and like five runs for 12 yards. Yeah. But they won the game. I mean, they should run single wing with De- Derek Henry back <laughs> there. You know? They basically are. Sam Erlinger, what did you make of uh, his debut? It was kind of what you'd expect um, for Indy. I picked Indy to win mm. because I didn't, Heineke had played not so great, but but in the clutch he had delivered for the the commies um, the week before, and that's exactly what he did this time. You know, mm-hmm. an eighty nine yard drive in the last minutes when the game was winnable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that was probably a mistake. Erlinger Erlinger looked like kind of what he is. Um, you know, maybe better than a fifth round pick, but not that. You know. Not he wasn't answer. he didn't take over the game put it that way yeah um and they needed him not to make mistakes you know kind of like a patriots quarterback right um you know and um they they couldn't quite get that but it was an interesting game you know and washington's really frustrating i i don't like watching them almost as much as i don't like watching arizona um you know because they somehow just managed to stay in games you know and you can understand it with new york Giants, you can understand it with the Jets. You, yeah, you can understand it with with a couple of other teams who keep themselves in games, and you know they're in a position to maybe win it at the end. But but Washington, you you just don't see that really. Um, yeah, it's strange. Or I don't see that. Strange. Like, and I think I, you know, I, 
defensive pure should love them with that front, but I guess they've been underperforming as well. Yeah, I mean, they're actually doing better this year, even, you know, than, than they have in the last couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, that's that's hard to figure out why, simply that, you know, it's the same coach coaching staff and all, um, unless I've missed, missed something. I, I think Pittsburgh's got a quarterback controversy brewing, too. You do? Um, yeah, I think Chase Claypool's going to be the quarterback <laughs> um, okay. well, next, next week. But um, I, in all seriousness, though, but Kenny Pickett it seems to have come in, and I know he's a hometown boy, and I get it, and uh, and I know that he's one of those players from the get-go seems to have that moxie and, and yeah. confidence and swagger, but I think he's been wildly overrated. Uh, yeah, I, I was... I, Probably would say that they'd be better off with Trubisky in there right. and let Pickett relieve him if, if necessary. But yeah, yeah. he looks like guy still got a lot to learn. Mm. Um, and they're not a good enough team for him to be able to improvise and carry them that way. And again, this is an offensive line problem more mm. than a weapons problem. They've got good receivers and Najee Harris, but you know, the line is is hard put to protect him. I also thought AJ Brown, you know. All three of his touchdown passes were basically Akello Witherspoon covering him and Minka Fitzpatrick coming over to double team him on top. Mm-hmm. And the first one, Minka almost could have had an interception. The other two, he beat them both quite. So, mm-hmm. you know, when he stops and he goes, I beat you and I beat you <laughs> and points at them. Yeah. I know it's a it's a penalty, but it's a, it's about, you it's know, deserved. It's a well it's deserved like penalty. John York, John York, prob- not John York, John Mara. John Mara probably orgasmed, you know, when the referee threw the flag. Said, yeah. Yes. <laughs> teach teach that up any whippersnapper. You know, just like just like DJ Moore when he when oh, he got the penalty um, to kill to kill the game for there Carolina. he take his helmet off. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The, and I um, think PJ to DJ is such a good combination. PJ to DJ. The just on the back on picket, you raise an interesting point. Are you because there are two schools of thought, right? The only way to learn is being in the mix versus look at the Mahomes, Alex Smith blueprint, and that's the be- best way to learn. Do you think a player, given specifically this Pittsburgh situation and that this offense that he's going into, would pick it at, at the end of the season have learned more from? Uh, you know, being un- underperforming and being mediocre, but playing every week or sitting behind and watching. That, yeah, that's always a good question. And 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 the answer to that, I think, it, it depends a bit on coaching, obviously. Everything does. But you don't want the player having to develop bad habits in order to survive mm. a- as a quarterback. So, you know, if if he can't, if he doesn't have time, if he doesn't have space to be able to go through reads to, to go through progressions, make plays work. If he thinks he has to do it all on his own, um, I don't think he's talented enough to do that. You know, I think what you want is for him to be able to fit in. Mm-hmm. And Trubisky, simply because he's done that kind of thing before, is probably a better bet in that situation. Mm-hmm. And then Pickett can come in and have it a little bit easier if he's, you know, if they're already down, if, you know, it, it's, he looks like what he is, you know, a, a talented guy who, who was probably good enough value at the end of the first round, yeah. you know, um, to, take to, a be dra- yeah. to be drafted, uh, but he still needs development. He's mm-hmm. not, he's not really an NFL ready quarterback. Like Billy Willis, I guess. Right. I mean, he's in the same. Yeah. Way. Well, that's why Willis fell as far as he did. And you saw exactly why, yeah. you know, the jump, he's got an even bigger jump from Liberty to, 
to um to the NFL mm. and he's clearly not quite ready for that. They tried to make it easy for him and and did um you know and I would actually try to come up with designed running plays for him mm. you know at least a couple um because you know other teams know if he drops back he's not then the pass isn't going to to kill you, you know, they'd be better off, of course, if they had AJ Brown, because then he could just kind of close his eyes and throw it to AJ. <laughs> yeah, but um, I can megatron it up. Let's talk Dallas Chicago because Tony Pollard had a uh, a red letter day, three touchdowns. <laughs> I love, I love his. Um, I'd hate to be Tony Pollard. <laughs> Why? Because Jerry Jones, I mean, didn't throw him under the bus, but Jerry Jones is so in love with, with Zeke, Zeke Elliott yeah, yeah. that all he could talk about was Zeke's our guy. You know, with Zeke coming and and you know, obviously. Keeping in the two back is going to be better for both, you know, should both, be better for yeah, both those sure. guys. So Jerry's so laughing that- all the way to the back. SBK Edge Rush drops every week with me and Propo demonstrating, well, why there is such a gulf, quite frankly, even in NFL terms between Generation X and Gen Z. We get you set on the sharp side of the week's action with our favorite looks, tips, and steers. Yep, there are Propo's prop bets. Of course, there's our SBK Edge Rush Acker. And naturally, the most important battle of all, me and I going head to head with our Drew Locks of the week. So if you haven't already, check out me, Propo, and occasionally Coco and Pebbles over on SBK Edge Rush. And no, Propo still hasn't watched The Wire. What I loved about Tony Pollard, other than his brilliant performance, what he said afterwards in the post-game press, I would say I had a pretty good performance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah me that. too. <laughs> I, think, I think you did. What about Dak Watch? So he was, what, 21 or 27, 252 TDs in a pick. Decent rating. He seemed a lot more assured and composed than he was the week before. Yeah, uh, just getting back into the swing of things. And, you know, like, like I said a couple of weeks ago, um, they would be smart not to put not to swing too much of the pressure of the offense onto Dak, which with Zeke out, you would have thought they might be tempted to do, but they ran Tony Pollard a lot. And, you know, it makes, it makes Dak that much more effective play action, that much more effective. And they've got a decent group of receivers. Yeah. So that, you know, if, if the running game weren't to work, they could always, they can always go to that. But basically, I don't think you you want Dak throwing, you know, 35 times a game mm. if, unless you, you can avoid it. And that's that's true of lots of quarterbacks. Yeah, you know? sure. Um, Seems to be true. Yeah, no, no knock majority, on Dak. Majority of the NFL right now. So we've been, you know, raving uh, about the, the 49ers offense. Of course, the Bills, the Chiefs are in the mix. The Eagles are still unbeaten. You've got Dallas and Minnesota. Minnesota six and one after that win over the cards. Are they in that top group? If you've got the 49ers, Bills, Chiefs and Eagles... Are they in that top group, Dallas and me, or are they? I, in no, the top, I think top I think they're a step below. Um, right. It's interesting to think which team is better. I think I think the Dallas defense might make them the better of those two teams. Mm. Minnesota's like a very good bad team. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Because yeah, um, a lot not, of people are not they're not convincing. Mm. You know, they should have put that game away against Arizona, and yeah. they let Arizona. Now, in fairness, Arizona does kind of sneak back into games at the end because mm. and you knew what was coming it was like five minutes or so left and kyler murray first down 10 yard does a designed quarterback draw you know uh, okay here we go it's going to be kyler taking <laughs> it all on his shoulders and right minnesota was pretty well prepared for him mm. you know all the way around they kept everything in in front they pretty much kept him um um 
in the pocket tight, as yeah. much as possible. Zadarius yeah. Smith had a great game. Um, and not just because he had three sacks, but he was he actually dropped back into coverage a couple of times, mm-hmm. and, you know, as a linebacker and did okay. Um so yeah, I thought I thought that game should not have been as as close as it was. Mm. Um, and I'll, I'll also point out that um, Robbie Anderson and AJ Green had no catches between. Them. <laughs> yeah, that's gone well. Uh, Miami in that mix as well, and that's a t- second tier group with Dallas and Mini. I mean, another big win for them. Yeah, Miami. I'm not quite sure how they they keep doing it, although they were helped by that no call on Jeff Reynolds, obviously, mm. um, which, which could have changed the complexion of the game. But that was the other one I was going right mm. brain about. Oh. What, what constitutes an uncatchable ball? There was one pass mm-hmm. this weekend, which was clearly uncatchable, but they, they threw the flag and left it. Um, whereas I've seen the flags picked up a couple of times. And my mm. argument is always that the penalty should, should pretty much be called unless the quarterback is obviously not throwing the ball to the guy. Mm. So I didn't have a problem with the penalty. I have a problem with the fact that I, I've already seen it three weeks ago, picked up right. in exactly the same situation. A different know? crew. So that's if he problem. wasn't being held, he probably could have got close to mm. it. At least There was <laughs> yeah. also no, no um, uh, intentional grounding on Russell Wilson at the end of the first half mm. where he threw that hail Mary. Um and I've seen that one called mm. when you throw the ball deep and there's no receiver in the middle mm-hmm. of the field. Now he might have just been a little might over the tackle box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Russell Wilson, and of course the referees don't want to add one more stupid play at the end well, of that. Oh yeah, it would have been. Uh, so let been, let him let him get away with that. Uh, but anyway, flag for that. I mean, Broncos. Miami's an explosive team. That's that's they're going to live and die on that. Yeah. You know, they have to get big plays. Last week, I thought Tua should have had four passes intercepted. Oh, easy. Um, and Pittsburgh dropped them all. Mm-hmm. Um, this week, he's, you know, he he does the thing of throwing behind Tyreek Hill, but Hill makes the play anyway because he's mm-hmm. a, that 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 open. Um, and and I think Waddle's, you know, they're using Waddle really well, obviously. He had, he had a really and good... And Gasicki getting more action as well. So back to your rule of three. I mean, they, they definitely have that, yeah. right? Um, you know, and, and I think that's a smart move by Mike McDaniel. Um, he had mm-hmm. another one of those fourth and one brain melt kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um where if, if you punt the ball, you get, you know, you gain the field position and, and the game is at still at the point where you don't want to give, give up a, a cheap, quick score. But um, yeah, it, I, I know he wants to have a blocking tight end because that's what you need to have in, in a San Francisco style offense. But, but Kasiki is good enough as a pass catcher to warrant his being in there. And, mm. and, you have to leave him in on running plays because otherwise the defense knows if Kasiki's in, it's it's going to be a pass. So, mm-hmm. you know, but I think it's worth that um, to have that third option because mm-hmm. just like you said, it's not just just Kasiki catching the ball. It's that if you're aware of him, it, it opens up more yeah. avenues for, for your other receivers. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, we're going to do one for the road for the mailbag from Gary. Uh mainly because he's got a Western reference in and you know, I'm a sucker for that. Why won't the bears open the playbook and let fields be fields? He says, what have you made? Well, they're trying to, but, but the reality is that, you know, it fields is, is like a better version of Malik Willis right Mm -hmm. now. Um, 
they could run a single wing offense with him, you know, in a run first game. They've got the runners for it. I'm not mm. sure they've got the line for it. But, you know, I think they're trying to do that as much as possible. They got away from it against Dallas because they got down. You have to yeah, pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, and that that's the pure and simple thing. And and also, you know, that those uniforms were probably making it hard for him to see receivers because the glare <laughs> off them was, you know, he, he <laughs> right? sunglasses. They, they ran this crazy play. They ran this crazy play where he threw a swing pass, a little mm-hmm. like screen to Pettis, and then Pettis threw a cross cross field mm-hmm. lateral um, to the other, which mm. took about a day and a half to get there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Needs to say, I thought that, that was that was a contender yeah. for player for player play of the play week. Of the day. Sorry, play not, of the day. Player of the week. Love um, that. Uh, before we let you go, got another got another mailbag. Oh, is that jam one in quick? Is that all right? Let me see. Let me find you on my. Hang on. I think we've done. I mean, okay. we kind of oh, good. Cover, yeah, I think we're good. Okay. I think we're good because so, we've yeah. covered roundabout ways. So yeah, you can't go out and get one from the pile that's burning in the garden. No, well, hey, well, the ribs are still. They, the ribs, yeah. That's the garnish I'm using on the ribs. Quite apparently, you realize uh, this week there was only one game between two teams with winning records. Yes, there was the Giant yeah. Seahawks. Yeah, ah, bad them apples. Yeah, I know, extraordinary stuff. Well, that, again, coming full circle, that's very representative the, of this season, huh? And the Giants next week play bye, so they ought to be able to win <laughs> that one. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. There could be a quarterback controversy with bye. Uh, quite frankly, patreon.com forward slash Mike Carlson, FMTE, the aforementioned brilliant column from the big man at Carlson Sports on Twitter. That's how you follow his stylings and profilings. <laughs> Woo! Uh, yeah, that's what we want. Uh, Carlson doing Rick Flair, channeling the great Rick Flair. Brilliant stuff by Mike. Look after yourself. Okay, have a good week. Sports Social Podcast Network.